0: What's up, friends? Graham Walton here. Delighted to have you here listening to the Lab podcast for an episode of our student highlight series. Now, as you may know, our mission here at the Lab is to help you get booked and paid to speak by equipping you with the tools to launch and scale your speaking business. And we are really, really proud of the thousands of students who have used our programs and tools to build the speaking business of their dreams. But you don't have to hear it from me. You can hear it directly from the incredible people who have gone from aspiring to established speakers thanks to their hard work and our programs. Now, if you're a speaker, I know that you have the story of what inspired your message and how you decided where you want to make that impact. And often that story can be what gives other speakers who are just starting out the confidence to take the first steps towards chasing their dreams. And so that's why we started this student highlight series where you're going to be able to hear incredible speaker stories straight from our talented and diverse alumni. I'm going to hand off the mic for today's conversation to one of our coaches who works with our students every single day, giving them tailored guidance to further their speaking career. So. Here's this week's student highlight episode. Enjoy.
1: Hey, everyone. Mary Alice Goldsmith here, Director of Student Success. So glad to be with you here on the Speaker Lab podcast. It's a true honor to have the opportunity to introduce you to some of our amazing students I promise you're going to learn so much from their experiences and be inspired by their perseverance and success. And today, I have Bruce Wozniak with me. How are you doing, Bruce? I'm
2: doing great. Thanks.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today and, and share your journey with the speaker lab.
2: My pleasure. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. So I know your your topic, you you talk about five ways to get unstuck and be more productive and happier. Love that topic, by the way. We could all be a little happier, right? But what inspired you to want to talk about this topic?
2: It's kind of what you just said. We all could stand to be a lot happier, not a little. And I think it's very timely, this topic, just because coming out of the pandemic and then everything that's happened since then, because a lot of people would argue, don't continue to talk about the pandemic. That's behind us. And yet you still have people that are living with long-term effects from COVID. You have the economy being in bad shape. You have war in Ukraine. There's so many things that it's not difficult to get down. And then when you just factor in like everyday stuff, because some of that is kind of, you're aware of it, but you say it doesn't really affect me. And then you look at your own situation and you say, "Ah, well, except for the fact that I'm taking care of my mom, you know, Mm. or except for the fact that my finances are real tight or except for the fact that some of these things bleed into my job. So maybe someone isn't hitting their sales goals because they're missing work because they're a caretaker for their mom or, and it all just starts to snowball. And I thought, I just want to help people to realize that there are steps they can take to combat this because we're all dealing with something. A lot of people just won't admit it or they're in Mm -hmm. denial but I think it's not it's not e- it's not difficult to look at the problems that you have. I think it's more difficult to see past it and say, okay, there's a way I can manage and get through these things
1: mm, I love that I think that that is really important um to think about that right because it's it's easy to stay stuck in the problem and not get into solution mode and I think one of the one of the one of the things that you're doing that's so profound with this topic is just by trying to be a little happier actually will open your world up to solutions that you didn't realize were there so it's really important and i also love what you touched on as well as like this this trickle down effect of covid and I think we were all kind of in robot robot mode for so long, like stay in, wear a mask. <laughs> I, I don't even know. I don't even, even <laughs> want to remember. <laughs> but um, I think like you don't realize the impact that it had on just being social or our children or, um, you know, the loss that people had to endure. Um, and then, you know, let's be honest, Bruce, when we get to our age, we're like, raising children and helping our parents, right? So there's a, there's a lot, like people have a lot on their plate. So it's really an important topic. Um, and I think too, for the speakers who are listening, who are in the midst of this, who are dealing with stress, who are maybe feeling a little inundated with more heaviness versus happiness, it's hard to make that decision to invest in themselves, to really see it through, to become that professional speaker they really want to be. And so, that only aids or or uh, perpetuates this feeling of heaviness versus happiness because when we're in that that mode, is it true or not that we tend to put things on a shelf and say, "Well, not now,
2: maybe yeah. later." It's easy right? to make excuses. There's a friend of mine who once said, and I may have the number wrong, but the the point is the impact that this statement made on me. He said, "We have fifty thousand thoughts a day that go through our head," and he said. So which ones are you going to choose? Are you going to choose the negative thoughts and dwell on those? Or are you going to choose the positive, happy thoughts and really affect your whole day with the choices that you make just based on all the different thoughts that come in and out of your mind? So you're exactly right, Mary Alice, because you could choose the negative ones and be woe is me and hang your head and say, my speaking career is going nowhere. Or I signed up for the speaker lab, but this isn't the time to start. And you're going to find all the excuses to not do it. And then you're going to perpetuate the problem because a month or two months or three months later, you're going to say, my speaking career is going nowhere or nothing has happened in my speaking career. Well, again, it goes back to your mindset and choosing those thoughts. And, and trust me, my speech that I do is so, so built on having been through so, so much. And so I get it. I get the people who are going to say, there's no time for me to start the speaker lab or There's no time for me to really start building my speaking career now. But again, you're going to look yourself in the mirror three or six months later, and you're going to see the people around you who are getting all these speaking gigs, and it's only going to sink you down further. So it's so important that we really control our thoughts instead of letting our thoughts control us.
1: Yeah. We need to like wake up to the Partridge family song, right? <laughs> happy. Like every morning that needs to be our theme song.
0: <laughs>
1: Seriously. Um, okay. Love this. I love the fact that you have a passion around this. It's so, it's so profound. And I know, you know, we all have passions and certain topics, topics move us all individually. Um, but I'd love to know, like, what made you want to actually speak about it?
2: Well, It's the decision first to be a speaker, right? And then the topic second. And it's interesting because I had read a little tip somewhere where someone said that for your LinkedIn bio, stop kind of just putting the predictable thing. And they gave a really different perspective to come at it with. So my LinkedIn bio basically tells people that I, you know, quote unquote, came out of the womb talking, uh, which is funny (laughs) because I have two different podcasts. And one of my podcasts is a music interview podcast. And I hear guests say that all the time. Oh, I came out of the womb already singing. And so I think in my case, I was always just a very talkative little boy and kind of stayed that way throughout my life. I've been in broadcasting. I was the boy who would come home from school and would push the chair up against the wall and get up and get on the phone and call my grandmother and tell her what I did in school that day. Just always have really been very talkative. And so I knew that speaking was kind of a natural progression for everything I was doing as a publicist as a broadcaster as a podcaster and then this topic you know i think it's kind of one of those situations mary alice where we hear the expression all the time that if you go through adversity and you don't learn anything from it that it's a lost opportunity
1: mm.
2: and i have been yeah. through so much adversity and again that those are the examples that i bring out so that i'm relatable as a speaker and so the audience doesn't say well it's easy for this guy to stand up on stage and tell us what to do. He's not dealing with, you know, insert problem here of whatever they're dealing with sitting as an audience member. So to me, it was a case of, all right, look, I've been through two open heart surgeries. I've had two strokes. I've been in an emotional divorce. I've been in a motorcycle accident. I was hospitalized for a week with COVID. And mm. yeah, and I'm, I'm in chronic atrial fibrillation since the year 2000. But wow. yet- you would never know it, A, just by looking at me, my physical appearance, but look great. B, you know, my demeanor is always, you know, happy and positive and, and trying to get ahead. And so I want people to see, I, I think I chose this topic because I have lived it and yeah. I know that it's something that I can speak with authenticity about and not just something that's kind of pie in the sky. Isn't this nice? Yay, let's all mm-hmm. have a group hug and, you know, kumbaya and stuff like that. So I really felt drawn to this topic because there were a lot of topics I could have talked about, but I wanted to help people. And, you know, in the five tips that I give out, if somebody connects with one of them or two of them or all five, then I've helped someone.
1: Yeah, I I think, I think too, I just have to say like you, with everything that you just shared in that snippet of, of what you've been through, which is a lot, you choose to be happy. And to be able to teach people, because people don't realize that, right? To be able to teach people that they can make that choice, you will make an impact that you will never really even know. It'll go far and wide, right? Because if you make an impact to a mom who then goes home is happier, then her children are like happier, the husband's happier, the family units happier. That trickle down effect that you're going to have with this topic is very profound. So kudos to you. Really love that. Thanks. Um, Okay, so what was happening or not happening in your speaking business that made you see the speaker lab and go, oh, man, I need those people?
2: Well, I had done a good deal of speaking already. At the same time, it's quantity over quality. And I say that from the standpoint of the events that I was speaking at, they were good, but I wanted better ones. Um, You know, the pay was really nothing to write home about. And you do a lot of those because you understand that to get started as a speaker, you have to get the reps, and sometimes you're not going to get paid, or sometimes it's not going to be the best event, or sometimes it's not going to be a very big audience, if any at all. And I thought, okay, I've kind of gone through that long enough that it's time Mm -hmm. to take the next step. And I don't spend that much time on Facebook, but when you spend time on Facebook, you see ads for anything and everything, and of course, (laughs) it's always listening to you. So something about it detected that that's something that I was interested in, and I saw Speaker Lab ads and just really kind of felt connected to Grant. And I thought, as much as I just finished saying that it's AI, it's algorithms that kind of know what you're looking for, I just really felt a strong connection to it and thought, you know, this is the time to to finally take action on it, right? Like I just finished saying, I could hang my head right. and, and complain about the speaking gigs or say, yeah, they're okay, or I can continue doing them and not have the level of happiness that I could have if I get the professional training and take it to the next level that's going to help me to have a better presentation and to get the better gigs and to get the better pay and to really feel confident telling people, well, I am a professional speaker, as opposed to the people that say, I love to speak, or I do some speaking, and you can tell that it's kind of, I don't want to say a hobby but it's not really something that they're pursuing with all their might because they're divided with a lot of different things that they have going on. And they'll take one if it comes their way. Whereas I want to actively pursue them. And I thought the speaker lab is going to show me how to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We want happy money. (laughs) We want to be happy with money. And that's nothing wrong with that, by the way, people. Um, Yeah, I love that. So in reflecting on your journey with the speaker lab, What was some of the impact that the SPEAK framework um, had on you personally as a speaker and also on your professional business of speaking?
2: Well, as I think about the SPEAK acronym, the way that the Speaker Lab uses it, you know, S is solve a problem and E is establish your expertise. And I thought both of those I, I can really focus on because of everything I just talked about. You know, I can solve the problem for the audience of being overstressed and making sure that they get unstuck and be more productive and happy because I do have these five steps that they can take. And establishing my expertise, you heard me rattle off the list of everything I've gone through. And so I think that helped me really see that, as I was saying before, there are different topics I probably could have chosen, but I think going through the speaker lab and learning that SPEAK acronym, that SPEAK framework, really kind of made me feel confident that this is a topic for me and I am an expert at it. And it's not Mm -hmm. something that I've just whimsically made up and hope that people will connect with and hope that I'll be believable and hope that, and just keep using this hope word because (laughs) you're not going to get too far with that. Uh, in fact, I'm a big hockey fan and Tampa Bay Lightning head coach, John Cooper said, hope is not a strategy. And so Mm. it applies to being a speaker too. You can't just hope that it's, it's like the Speaker Lab teaches. One of the lessons is, yes, you have to have a speaker website, but you can't just sit back and hope and expect that, well, I have a speaker website, so all kinds of traffic is going to come my way all and my inbox <laughs> is going to fill up. Uh, right. So I think, um, I th- I think the, the speaker, I know, I don't think, I know that the Speaker Lab really helped me to, to hone in on that topic and my expertise and feel confident about it
1: yeah, well, I love that word confident because that's one of our missions to help our students have that confidence and that clarity around their speaking business. Uh, because without it, you can't create a clear path to success, right? You're always just hoping and wishing and wondering and throwing things at a wall and seeing what sticks, right? And so, yeah. you know, we love hearing our students use that word because that that is the goal with the framework to give you that confidence. And so um love to hear it. So what are some of the results that you've been experiencing in your speaking business? It's
2: interesting when you think of that question, I think the temptation is to start throwing out, I got booked here, I got booked here, I got booked here, and the the prices that you get. But one of the results that I've been really pleased with is being able to look at speaking opportunities entirely differently now and really reevaluating them in a way that I wouldn't have before. So it goes back to that mindset of, oh, good, someone's asking me to speak. I need to show people that I'm always speaking, and I need to take anything that comes my way. And because of the Speaker Lab and the free two-month gig salad membership, I signed (laughs) myself up on there just because the Speaker Lab offered it, and somebody sent me a request. And I all of a sudden took that step back, and I said, Now, mind you, I live in Tampa, and this speaking engagement was only going to be over in Clearwater. At the same time, I thought, now, wait a minute. Old habits die hard. And before you say, well, it's just over in Clearwater, let's look at this through the speaker lab lens. So this was a really great case study because it enabled me to do things like set my price where it belongs and not where it used to be. Right, So I'm not doing the old habit. I'm doing... The new lesson that I've learned from the speaker lab. It also taught me that let's look at everything that goes into this because even though it is just over in Clearwater, I put it into Google Maps to see exactly how far of a drive is that. Well, it was going to be, I believe, 75 minutes one way. So I thought, okay, all of a sudden we're talking about two and a half hours round trip. You're talking about a minimum of an hour being on site. So now you're up to three and a half hours out of the middle of a day. And mind you it happened to be on a day when I was booked to be interviewed on someone else's podcast so I thought you could potentially be affecting that and this is a point where you say I'm going to put my best price out there I'm going to give them a great presentation of of the the of the bid that I'll submit but mm-hmm. I'm also going to make peace and feel confident that if they don't go for it then I took a step in the right direction anyways because I did Apply what I've learned from the speaker lab instead of writing a note at the bottom that says, as as Grant would say in the course. And by the way, if that's above your budget, by all means, just let me know and I'll be happy to come down. <laughs> no, because my time is worth more than that, and yes. I'm all of a sudden going to devalue myself as a speaker. So I was really proud that I stood my ground and and submitted a very professional bid. And and by that, uh, for those that don't know, you know, it's not just. Clicking a button saying, This is my price if you want me. I mean, there's, you know, pictures to submit. There's gotcha. the video that yeah, exactly. Um, so that was that was a real good exercise for me to go through to say, yes, I know I learned a lot from the speaker lab, but yes, I am committed to applying it and not letting old habits kick back in and rule the way that I'm gonna start approaching these.
1: That I mean, people don't realize, well, some people do, but that that's so profound what you just put down because Saying no opens you up to being able to say yes to your next big. Now, I'm not saying you should say no to everything. That's not what I'm saying. But the discernment that you learned by going through the speaker lab is really profound. Um, and that that's a huge lesson as the CEO of your speaking business. Yeah. So super proud of you. I think that's amazing. And I love you. that you see that as a win because yeah. it is a huge win.
2: And, and I will come... Clean and say full disclosure. They ended up not hiring me to do it, mm-hmm. but I felt okay with it because I knew that there was a very good likelihood, given all the parameters around what the event was and what the venue was, et cetera. But I also know, like I said, what my time is worth, and that if they would have gone for it, I would have been happy with it. Uh, at the mm-hmm. same time, I knew that you know, as you and I are saying, that that there is that risk, and it was one I was willing to take, and I know that. I'll still be productive in that time that I would have been over there and I'll be happy with what I'm doing with my time instead of being over in Clearwater doing a speaking engagement.
1: Yeah, no, that's really important. Really important. Um, anything else in terms of the way you're running the business or the systems or the gigs that you're doing? Any Anything else that you want to share about the results? Well,
2: I'll tell you, it does really give you a different mindset when you start to see events because you look and say, is this a fit for my topic? You right away want to know, what does this look like in terms of, are they? is it a call for speakers? Is it something where maybe I will go because it's nearby and it fits different parameters that I will allow for? Things like, are there deadlines? You start looking at events entirely mm-hmm. different. There's an event that I am on the mailing list of because I've been to it once. We all know how that goes. And yeah. right away, they were sending out an email talking about how they're going to launch another conference under their brand. And so right away, you know, they're all excited just to make the announcement about them expanding in this way. And as a speaker, you look at that and you say, what is the event? Am I a fit for it? Are you taking speakers yet? So yeah, you definitely start looking at a lot of these things very differently because now you're of the mindset that I am a professional speaker and I'm looking for opportunities and it's not just something passive anymore. This is something that I want to actively pursue. There was somebody who asked me to speak at an event in Los Angeles and it was going to be in May and I can kind of stand to go back there. I, I like to try to go back and forth to LA from time to time to do with my business my mm-hmm. my actual business not as a speaker and i thought okay if i could make the if i could make sense of this if i could make the speaking engagement make sense in the context of other business i would like to do out there can i do it now again you're coming all the way from tampa so that's a lot of travel back and forth you're talking about hotel nights and everything else that goes into it and that was another one where in talking with the person who wanted to book me I was just very frank, very honest, and it wasn't going to make sense for me. And so I like that. I looked at that one and said, as attractive as it is to go there, especially because I can do other business in the city while I'm there, it doesn't. And, and that's really what I wrote back to him is I said, thank you. But, you know, it just doesn't make financial sense for, for me to do this. And he actually said, OK, well, maybe we'll have you at our event in September in Toronto. So, you know, the door is still open. And yeah. so I like, you know, maintaining that healthy relationship and being open and honest with someone and trying to make sure that they understand that I want to stay in touch. You know, don't just look at this as one and done because this one didn't make sense, but it doesn't mean that the next one's not going to either.
1: Yeah, no, that's really important. Um, okay, so if someone's listening and they know they have a message, maybe they've even, you know, been speaking here and there. Um, but they also know that they want to make it an actual business. They they want to be making that money. They want to be happy. They want to be energized by it. What advice would you give them?
2: Don't wait. Don't mm-hmm. wait. Life is too short. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. I mean, these are all cliches, but they're all so applicable. They're so, so applicable. And there's so much to be learned in the speaker lab that you don't know what you don't know. And even if you are someone who has said, I'm good. I've done plenty of speaking. I just need to be more devoted to really becoming a full time speaker. You don't know what you don't know, and you're going to get into the course, and the speaker lab is going to open you up to things where you're going to say, Well, I guess I didn't realize that, you know, or I guess I could stand to change this approach, or, Gee, that's a good suggestion that I hadn't considered. Different resources that'll become available. I, I think it's really easy to get caught up in just being comfortable and saying i've been speaking a long time or i have a lot to offer people i have a lot to say to people i hear people say that a lot oh mm-hmm. i'll speak anywhere i i can talk to anybody i get the spirit with which they're saying that but when you're really honing in on one message totally different ball game
1: so true well, what do they say when you try to speak to everyone you speak <clears throat> to no one and so we have to we drive that home big time here at yeah. the speaker lab and it's amazing yeah. when you like do define your lane how fast you drive in that lane like oh you know like that's <laughs> that confidence and that clarity like you you manage that lane so well versus oh yeah i could speak on this i could speak on this i could speak on this and so you're not an expert in anything you're just a speaker on all these different topics and so um i think what you just said is really really important
2: yeah there's a friend of mine who many years ago i was leaving a job for another job and he just kind of looked at me and i said i know i said well i said i've i've got some other things going too that I'll also be doing. And he said, like what? And when I named him off, he said, Bruce, at some point, you got to pick one of those because you can't do all those things at the same time and be successful at all of them. You got to you got to pick the one and stick with it and really be, be good at that. And it's like I was saying with speaking, people who think they have so many topics to talk about and so many audiences that they can reach, they're going to be average at best in all mm-hmm. these different topics that they think they have. And especially if they haven't really put in the time, the craft that the Speaker Lab teaches of actually writing out your speech. So if they just say, I can talk on anything, and they don't even have anything written, they've not prepared anything, someone says, okay, well, I'd love to have you come and talk about XYZ at our event next month. Those people are not going to put in the time that the Speaker Lab teaches you. They're just going to show up and wing it. And there's not going to be a repeat booking from that. There's not going to be a real happy audience walking out. There's certainly not going to be a happy event planner having had them show up and just wing it. That's that's not yeah, a, no. a, a healthy approach at all.
1: No. Well, that that's a great segue into our more fun questions. We get a lot of questions from students. Like, I'd love to know from other students how they do X, Y, Z. And so we'll do a little rapid fire fun questions here. Um, but I'd love to know, how do you prep or write your speeches? Do you do... Uh, Write every single word, do more of a storyboard approach, or do more of our post-it approach. How do you do it?
2: Uh, write every word. I'm, I'm someone that's very detail-oriented. And it's interesting, this question, because in my speech that we're talking about that I do, I actually mm-hmm. incorporate, I think it's a total of four very, very, very short movie clips I'm someone that one of those annoying people that speaks in movie lines all the time, which means (laughs) that I've kind of got them memorized. I've kind of got them rehearsed. And so that's the the approach that I like to take with this is have the speech entirely written out, memorize it. And then as Grant teaches you, memorize it, but then don't say it word for word. And and I do like to leave a little bit of room for embellishment here and there, where sometimes Mm something will just come to me as I'm saying it. And, And I'm kind of also at the same time, by the way, making a note in the back of my head, should go back and add that into the script. That's that's good for for future presentations.
1: Yeah, I think the energy too from the audience can also change, like uh, make slight changes in the moment, which yeah. is totally fine. But note your content. So for you, it's writing every word. Um, do you have like a pre stage, like right before you're about to get on stage, you have about 60 seconds? Do you have a routine to help you get into that speaker mindset?
2: No, I'm I'm usually pretty calm. I've been speaking so much throughout my life that I don't really kind of need to go through a final something. It's because my last name is so difficult, I'm usually more tuned into listening to them introduce me to see how they're going to botch my last name or just if they're going to get the intro right. So I try not to overdo it with, because what's going to happen is if you psych yourself out and start going over, this is the part that I always fumble. I got to repeat it. I got to repeat it. I got to repeat Mm -hmm. it you're going to get out there and you're going to stumble over it. So that's why it's best to just be so prepared that you don't have to be doing it last minute. You know, it's like a student that's still looking at the book as the teacher's coming down the aisle, passing out the test. It's like, look, if you don't know it by now, you're not going to know it in this last minute. And the, 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 (laughs) the, the content that you're looking at in your book right now is probably going to be like question 27 on the test anyways. And you're going to forget
1: it by the time you get down to that one. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Great advice. Um, Okay. Is there something that you have to have when you speak? Some people have a lucky charm. Some people have to have slides. Some people have to have a handheld mic or a podium. Anything that you have to have?
2: This is a good question because I think there are some things that I have to have that I don't realize until someone (laughs) like you asked me this question. Slides I do have to have just because I kind of like the audience to have a visual to look at, especially since I do have the movie clips. But when you're doing something that, you know, five ways to this or seven ways to that or nine ways Mm to, I think the audience kind of relates with the visual. And if they see it numbered up on the slide, oh, this is number three. Okay, they can write it down. Uh, So I do like the slides. Um, In terms of, you know, something that I keep on me, I just always carry a crucifix in my pocket seven days a week regardless. So it's not Mm. when I go on stage, I got to make sure I have my crucifix because I always have it anyways. Uh, and then, yeah, it's funny that you asked, but I have noticed that I really prefer if I have a choice, I really prefer to have a headset mic and not have to hold it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I just think it just gives an entirely different look. And if I have the, if I have the choice, if I can make the request, I'm going to ask for it. If not, it's not a deal breaker. Um, Mm -hmm. but that's, that's kind of something that I really prefer.
1: Yeah. All right. What do you love? Last question. What do you love most about speaking?
2: Helping people, Mm. helping people. Like I said at, at the beginning, the fact that somebody can benefit from everything that I have been through, a lot of times I will kind of look myself in the mirror and say, the Lord must have special plans for me that I'm still here after everything I've been through. And so maybe those special plans are helping people. And so, like I said before about if you go through adversity and you don't learn anything from it, it was a missed opportunity. Well, if other people can benefit from my adversity, then I'm really happy if somebody is telling me, thank you so much, that's so helpful, this is what I'm going through. Regardless, like you said before, maybe they don't even tell me, but they go home and they apply one of those things or two of those things, and because of this Bruce, big, long Polish last name guy that they heard (laughs) speak at their conference now they are dealing much better with whatever challenges they're currently facing.
1: Yeah, amazing. Well, Bruce, we really um, are celebrating you. We appreciate you. Um, the, the work that you're doing is profound and I truly believe you you won't ever realize the impact. You'll see it and that's a beautiful thing, but I think it's going to go far and wide. Um, you know, ha- helping people become more happy is such a wonderful, wonderful thing that you're doing. And um, we're so we're so proud of you. And we thank you for sharing your story with us.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Mary Ellis. I
0: appreciate the opportunity.
1: All right, everyone have an awesome day. Thanks so much for joining us today.
0: If today's episode left you feeling inspired to take the first or the next step in your speaking journey, we would love to help you out here at the Speaker Lab. If you're ready to get serious about making your speaking dreams a reality, I want you to head over to thespeakerlab.com slash highlight. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash highlight and book a free, no obligation call with our team. Who knows? Maybe you're going to get to share your story on a future student highlight episode of this podcast. Also, if you've enjoyed this episode, I've got good news for you. There's plenty more where that came from. You can subscribe to the Speaker Lab podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, or you can head over to thespeakalab.com slash podcast to explore all of our past episodes and more. Finally, I got one huge favor to ask you, and that is, would you leave a rating or review for this podcast? We read every single one of them, helps other speakers find valuable free resources that they can use to also build their speaking careers. Hey, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.